Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I'm so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. Friends, I'm so excited about today's episode because today we're talking about how to date with confidence and how to stop settling for less than we deserve. Our guest for today's episode is my new friend, Faith Brooks. I had the privilege of hearing Faith speak at a conference a few weeks ago, and I immediately knew that we needed to have her on Girls' Night. Faith is an incredibly talented writer, speaker, social worker, activist, and podcaster. She's also the author of a book called Remember Me Now, A Journey Back to Myself and A Love Letter to Black Women, which you're gonna hear all about in this episode. Faith has amazing wisdom when it comes to identity and also dating and relationships. She's gonna teach us how to be confident in who we are as women and how to bring that confidence into our dating lives. Towards the end of our conversation, she reads a letter from her book and it is truly so beautiful and such a great reminder about who we are and who God created us to be. I can't wait for you to hear from her. But before we dive in, one of the things that Faith talks about a lot in this episode is counseling. And so I wanted to make sure to share a counseling resource with you that I just love. It's one of our amazing Girls' Night podcast sponsors, Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is a website where you can get matched up with a Christian counselor for professional online therapy sessions. This truly is the easiest and most affordable way to find a faith-based counselor. Now, you've probably heard me talk about Faithful Counseling before, but just in case you haven't, I wanted to tell you four quick reasons why I love them so much. The first reason is it's easy to get started. All you have to do is go to their website, fill out a form about yourself, what you're going through, and what you're looking for in a counselor. And within 24 hours, Faithful Counseling will connect you with a licensed, vetted, faith-based professional counselor. Second reason I love them is that it's really easy to schedule your appointments. Once you're connected to a therapist, you can start communicating with them in less than 24 hours. You can also log into your account at any time, send a message to your therapist, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses back. You can also schedule weekly video or phone sessions, and the best part is you can do it all virtually. No commute, no awkward waiting room time, less time away from work, and you can even do your sessions in your PJs. Just saying. The third reason I love them is that it's super easy to find the right counselor for you. In order for counseling to be truly beneficial, you have to find a counselor you really connect with. And often we don't find the right person on our first try. So then we're stuck going through the whole process of breaking up with our counselor, which can be awkward, and then starting from scratch to find a new one. But with Faithful Counseling, if you don't love your counselor, or if you find that you're looking for something different, you can switch by clicking a button. It's easy and it's free. They really make it so easy to find the best fit possible. And then the last reason I love them is that it's so much easier to fit into your budget. While I love traditional in-person counseling, it can cost more than $100 per session, which just makes it a total no-go for so many of us. But Faithful Counseling is significantly less expensive and they have financial aid available. And if you sign up through the special link that they gave me, you can get 10% off your first month. Friends, if therapy is something that you've been considering or something you think might be helpful for you right now, head on over to stephaniemaywilson.com slash counseling. And that link will also give you 10% off your first month. Again, that's stephaniemaywilson.com slash counseling for all the info, and you can get 10% off your first month of counseling there too. All right, you guys, you ready? Let's jump into the episode with Faith. 
All right, friends, I am so excited for who you get to meet today. I'm sitting here with my new friend, Faith Brooks, and I uh, had the privilege of hearing her speak at a conference a few weeks ago, and I'm sitting there in the back going, we have to have her on Girls' Night. So I basically begged. I mean, she didn't She didn't make me beg, but uh, I asked immediately and I'm so glad that she said yes. Um, so Faith, thank you for coming on Girls' Night. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. For women who haven't met you yet, can you tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about yourself? Yes, of course. So um, my name is Faith and I am a writer and a speaker. I'm a newlywed. Um, my husband and I have been married for a year now and um, we live in Maryland. And there's so much I can tell you all about that, but we'll get into it later. And um, I have just spent my life and time writing and working in nonprofit spaces um, and I've just been a really big champion for justice and for seeing people thrive and succeed. And I just love women and I love cheering us on and seeing us do well in the world. So I have been spending a lot of my time focusing my efforts on writing and talking to us. And as for a fun fact about myself, well, when I was younger, I was... Um, on Discovery Channel, they had this kind of like educational programming they would put on. And so my brother and I um, did a lot of their educational programming for this thing called Voyager, like way back in the day, like so, so long ago, but it was just a lot of fun. And so, yeah, we used to do that all the time. We used to film stuff and do stuff in the studio and it was a good time. That's so cool. That's a really, that's a really good fun fact. Um, I'm like... <laughs> You know, I'm so tempted to like Google now. <laughs> I don't even know where it would exist. I think we have like VHSs somewhere, but yeah, it was definitely uh -huh. fun. Uh -huh. Yep, yep. Um, I love that. Okay, so you have a book. When did your your most recent book come out? It came out in January. Oh, so it's like fresh. I wasn't yeah. sure. I wasn't sure like how how fresh from the oven <laughs> it was. Mm -hmm. um, but so it's called Remember Me Now, A Journey Back to Myself and a Love Letter to Black Women. Can you tell us, tell us about the book? Tell us how the, like what inspired the book? Give us, give us all things book related. Yeah, so this book is just so special to my heart. It's just talking about like my own personal journey, uh, my own life story, if you will. Um, and it's also you know, at the same time, a book that is this encouragement and love letter to Black women. And um, it's a book that I have found that really so many people can relate to. Um, I've had so many of my friends say like, oh my gosh, like I relate to so many different parts of, you know, your story or the things you're talking about. And, um, you know, I talk about identity and finding yourself and feeling loved or unloved and um, how to heal and healing from trauma. And, um, I also talk just about my own, you know, family history and where I come from and why that's important. And so there's just so many different aspects of, you know, this book that mean a lot to me. And I was really inspired to write it um, in 2020. And I saw, you know, so much of what happened with Breonna Taylor. And, um, and I saw that when her police report listed her injuries as none, that really struck me. And I thought, man, like, is that how people feel about us? Like, is that how people, you know, think of Black women? Like, um, how will we be remembered? How will our stories be remembered? And so I was like, you know what? I want to write a book. and I want to call it Remember Me Now. And 
I want to encourage people to, you know, know us, know our stories and know our names. And so I decided to write my story in in hopes that that would, you know, be a good conversation starter. And this book, you know, while I've written it to Black women, it is a book that anyone can read and glean from. And so many of my white friends have read it and said, oh my goodness, like, I relate to so much of what you're talking about and I've learned so much and I'm so glad you wrote it. And um, it's just something that I hoped that would, would touch people. And there's so many different letters and poems I've written throughout the book that I would you know, hope speaks to people's hearts for different areas of their life and where they're at. I love it. I love it. There were so many things that you that you shared during the session that you led. The conference was all about dating. And so that's really um, a, a lot of what I want to talk about today. But so many of the things that you shared were about like how we see ourselves and how to, ch- and like where that's come from and then how to change that. And Mm -hmm. that's been such a through line in my own life and my own story. And so there were so many things where I'm like sitting in the back, just like, yes, that, yes, absolutely. Everything that she just said. And then there, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but there's one like part thing that you shared where I was like, I have so many feelings about this. And so we'll get to that. It's about how we deserve to be treated in uh, while we're dating. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us more of your story when it comes to relationships? Like, you know, what did your dating journey look like before you met, before you met your husband? Yeah. So I was raised um, in, you know, a time, especially like with purity culture, when it was, dating wasn't necessarily celebrated, if you will. It was, you were just supposed to wait well, and you were supposed to court. And, um, and so, you know, the idea is that, you know, you're going to meet this person and they just want to be your husband and that's just how it's supposed to go. That was not how it was. And so I, I did not have a boyfriend until I was 20 years old and I had met him in college. We dated for a few months. And then I would say I probably had three boyfriends, maybe like three boyfriends officially um, before I met my husband. And then I had several situationships. And as a church girl, we are so familiar with that. Um, You know, guys that like you and you're talking, but you never get out of the talking phase. I know people can relate to this. Um, (laughs) So I had several of those um, over time. And I had that throughout my 20s. So I went to college and I had this idea in my head that I was just going to meet somebody in college and I was going to get married young and um, that that was going to be my story. But it just absolutely was not. My college experience was very interesting to say the least. And I write more about it in the book. And um, it was just not what I anticipated. And there were not very many um, of us Black girls on campus. And um, it just the dating playing field, if you will, it just was not in our favor. Um, there weren't very many people that were interested in, you know, dating me in college. And so I kind of left, you know, with my self-esteem feeling a little bit down because I thought, man, like, I like nobody wants to date me. Like, I only got like, I only dated one person in college. And so... Then people I moved, put a lot of pressure on college. Like that's, yes. I mean, depending on where you go, you either think that you're going to be like 
I, I, yeah, it depends on kind of where you where you go to school. But like on one end of the spectrum, it's like you're going to hook up with everybody. This is a chance to like sow your wild oats, and this is a chance to or date around or whatever. Or all the way to the other end of the spectrum, where you're like, bring by spring, like this is where you meet your husband. Yes, you must be engaged by the time you graduate. And so it's like either way, you know there's just an expectation that it's going to be a time full of lots of romantic activity. Yes. And I think that that's kind of the expectation that we all walk in with. And so if it doesn't end up being that way, it's easy to turn on ourselves and be like, is this my fault? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I was you know, raised in the South. Uh, my family is from Chicago and that's where I was born, but I was raised in the South. So, you know, I mean everybody was getting married young. And that was just kind of a part of the culture. And I went to a private Christian school. So it was even more heightened because it was like this, you know, you, everybody, every school has their own things. But at this one, it was like, you could walk around the prayer walk this many times. And, you know, that person is probably going to propose to you. And it was just like weird stuff like that. Did that happen to me? Um, No, (laughs) but there was a little like rumor-ish thing, you know? Um, And so it just, it can really set you up for so much disappointment when you go into school and you think that that is, you know, that's what you're anticipating. And so um, it probably didn't help that I had this lady that I used to work at a daycare um, for. It was a small little daycare. And she told me, you know, you try to meet somebody while you're in college, because when you leave college, it's incredibly hard to meet somebody. And I remember taking that pressure with me, like, oh my gosh, like I got to meet somebody in college. And then I graduated and I hadn't met anybody. And then I was like, great, I don't know how I'm going to meet anybody. And um, so anyways, years go by. um, And I go throughout my whole 20s, watching all of my friends get married and have kids and just feeling so left behind. And... um, And I was still dating, you know, but just nothing turned out. And so when I turned 30, I was like, okay, like I am ready for like a change. I really want to meet the person for me. And um, there was a friend of mine who... um, who was just like, I am doing some stuff. Like, I want to talk to you about it. And I think I might be able to help you meet your husband. And so then that's kind of like helped me transition into that next, you know, phase where I met my husband. So, so yeah, that's kind of like my, my journey up to then, um, I would say. Oh, I love it. Okay. Well, I feel like, um, well, maybe maybe we'll let people hang on for an, another minute because I feel like everyone's like, okay, so then how'd you meet? And tell me about him. Um, talk to me about some of the things that were the hardest about that time when you were single, when you were feeling disappointed. And like for women who are going through that right now, like what are some things that you, like if you could go back and tell yourself some things in the midst of that, what would you tell yourself? I think one of the hardest parts was feeling like I was being left behind. And, um, and also the older you get and you're single, the more, um, you just feel out of place. You can feel like this in church settings, social settings, um, because there's so much focus that shifts to like marriage and the family. And also there's, this other side of it where the assumption is that you can just be the babysitter or you don't want to hang out. Like you can, you know, can you come over and watch the kids? And it's like, wait, like I still want to have fun too. And, um, 
And so I just really found myself, you know, feeling like I was just out of place and like I didn't have a spot. It was enough that I did, I wasn't married, but then like also moving into the fact that most of my friends had kids young. um, It was also the fact that just I was in a different phase of life than them. And in many cases now, I mean, I still am, you know, I don't have kids yet. And so I am just older in a different phase of life. And that really caused me to have a lot of questions. And it also meant that there were so many changes to my friend group um, outside of a few core people. Because, you know, when your friends get married and then have kids, like their priorities shift and change and the relationships don't always look the same. And I don't fault any of my friends at the time for that. That's just kind of the natural, you know, normal thing that happens over time. But it does happen, which meant that I would cycle through friend groups like, okay, these people are single, we're friends, we hang out. And then those friends would um, get married. And then I would cycle through another friend group. And so I just felt like it was it was a lot of change and transition in friendships, which was hard for me. And then it was also a lot of feeling out of place. And, and then even struggling with my identity and feeling beautiful. And I think if I was to say anything to myself back then, it's you're more beautiful than you think you you look, you know? And in this moment, you feel really hard on yourself, but, you know, you're beautiful and you're confident and you're right where you need to be. And everyone else's timeline, it doesn't have to be your timeline. And that's really hard to hear right now. But when you get to the place where you want to be, you will feel like it's well worth it. It was well worth the wait. Mm. I love all of that. Um. What are some of the things, one of the things that I I resonated with the most when you were talking uh, at the conference was about identity and about feeling beautiful and how, like, what are, what has that journey looked like for you? And what are some of the things that have helped the most to like help you feel like confident and beautiful in your skin? Yeah, I think one of the things that even still helps me to this day is just, you know, reminding myself that like who I am as a person, who I am is not like tied into just my body, just my physical appearance. It is so hard to disentangle yourself from that, especially when we live in a society where you're judged by the way that you look. And um, that's the first thing people see. That's the first thing people have comments on. And, um, and it's oftentimes the thing that we're the hardest on ourselves about. And I had to remind myself, like, I am not my body. I'm not my weight. I'm not my hair. Um, I am like beautiful. I'm the woman that, you know, God called me to be. And it's sometimes like not, it's like easier said than done, right? Like it's easy to say these things than it um, is to actually like live it out. But I just had to make this a practice often in my life. It couldn't just be like a little pep talk I gave myself and then moved on from. It was something I consistently had to make sure I reminded myself of. And if that meant I needed to write 10 positive things that day about myself and about my life. That's what I did. I would write it even when I didn't feel like I believed it, even when I felt like unsure of myself. I would speak the things that like I really wanted to see and believe about myself. And not only that, I surrounded myself with good people. Um, People who were going to encourage me, people who were going to gas me up and not... um, 
people who were comparing themselves to me or, you know, saying things that might cause me to, you know, feel bad. Like these are just like people who said, you know what? I see these things in you and I'm proud of you. I think you're beautiful. I think, you know, because we all have those days, we're human, like where we don't feel as strong or we don't feel like we look the best. Like that's pretty normal. That's natural. But the thing is, is we can't give into believing that. And I knew that if I wanted to have a successful relationship one day, like I had to believe the good things about myself that people said to me. And it couldn't just, I couldn't just rely on their words of encouragement. Like I had to believe it because I wanted to attract the right person to myself. I wanted to, you know, attract the kind of person that I felt like I deserved. And um, I was attracting some interesting characters. And so I was like, you know what? I need to shift some things. I need to, you know, talk better about myself. I need to believe more about myself. And I need to um, believe that I deserve, you know, love and kindness and somebody who is willing to go out of their way to actually date me. And um, that's really interested in me, you know? So it took me time, but positive affirmation um, for myself and for those around me, I think is really key. I love that. I have two things I want to ask about that. And I'm like, it's like, do not forget. So hang on, I'm getting a piece of paper. The first thing I wanted to ask is like, I think one of the things that holds us back and that I wrestled with because affirmations have been such a huge deal for me also. But I think one of the fears is like, am I lying? Like, what if it's not true? Like there was a long time where I felt like I needed to have the worst opinion of myself because maybe if I did, then like nobody could think less of me. Like nobody could hurt me in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also it was like, well, I need to be honest about where I am because if I'm not honest, how am I ever going to get better? So it was like, I needed to be the harshest critic so that I could like push myself the hardest. So talk to me about that. So I... Well, firstly, I think we're all our own worst critic. I don't think that there's anybody that can criticize us more than us um, because we tend to hold um, ourselves to a higher standard than we do other people. The second thing that I would say is when it comes to affirmations, it's really about getting myself, like getting me to believe in me. Because if I don't believe in myself, I really won't have the success and um, like get in the direction of where I want to go. So even if I know that there are things that I need to improve in my life, I need to believe in myself because I want to be able to do those things. If I have no belief in myself, if I'm just hard on myself, to me, like that, it, that kills all motivation because then I'm like, okay, well, it doesn't matter because I don't know if it's going to happen. I can't really see myself doing it. So I'm just going to give up and I'm just going to throw in the towel. And a big part of changing and shifting mindsets is that in order to do that, we have to really talk to ourselves. We have to retrain our minds. And so for me, like writing things about my life, and it's not even just always just about my body or physical appearance or things. Sometimes it's just reminding myself, you know what? I have a good life. I'm glad I have a great family. I'm thankful for my home. Um, Reminding myself that things aren't as bad as I'm making it in my head is something that really helps to recenter me. We can get so caught up, especially like in the Western world um, with a lot of superficial things that actually have 
nothing really to do with our happiness if we really look at our lives. And so it just causes me to reframe my mind and to stay grounded. And um, when I do that, I'm able to also stay motivated to continue pushing towards my goals and to continue pushing towards change. So I think you can 100% be a realist and affirm yourself and also like believe um, the best about what you can do or what you can accomplish. In the last few years, I've prioritized purchasing food products with higher quality ingredients for my family and myself. Products that have more of the real stuff and less of the fake stuff. And it's been so much easier to make that happen since I found Thrive Market. Thrive Market is my new go-to for buying groceries and household items like vitamins and personal care products. The best part is I can order everything online from my sofa and it's quickly shipped right to my doorstep, saving me so much time. If this is your first time hearing about them, Thrive Market only carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They actually restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, making it so much easier to maintain a healthier lifestyle. You can even use their on-site filters to fit your lifestyle needs. For example, you can look for low sugar alternatives, gluten-free items, or organic kid snacks. They have Annie's, Once Upon a Farm, and Dave's Organic Bread, all staples in our weekly grocery trip. But they also have brands and products I've never heard of, which is awesome because I'm always looking for healthy and delicious things to feed the girls and myself. Thrive Market is not only a one-stop shop for basically everything on my grocery list, but it gave me tons of ideas for products I didn't even know about. And by becoming a Thrive Market member, I save money on all of my grocery orders. Along with saving money, you're also helping a family in need with Thrive Market's one-for-one membership matching program. So if you join, they give. Friends, I seriously look forward to my Thrive Market box every time. They have an incredible product selection with brands that are better for you and for the planet. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash girlsnight for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash girlsnight. Thrivemarket.com slash girlsnight. Something you may not know about me is that I'm fairly particular when it comes to fragrances, especially the ones I have in my home. Don't get me wrong, I love lighting candles, but a lot of the ones I've found in stores have overpowering scents and use chemicals that end up giving me a headache. Plus, I learned that the candle industry contributes to a large amount of carbon emissions and toxicity in our air. That's why I've recently made the switch to Notes Candles which also happens to be today's Girls' Night sponsor. I love Notes because their scents are high quality but don't smell overly sweet or chemically. But what's even more amazing is that they are on a mission to help eliminate single-use candle vessels with their more earth-friendly option. Did you know that there are almost 2 billion candles sold each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? Talk about wasteful. 
But thankfully, Notes does things differently with their refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessels again and again and again. I love this because it's way more sustainable than buying a new candle jar every time you go to the store. And you don't have to feel guilty about throwing your old candle jars in the trash. Plus, it's so easy to do and actually really fun. You just place the wick they provide you in your reusable notes jar, fill it up with their wax beads, light your candle, and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. Once you're ready for a new candle, you just repeat the same steps. They have 13 incredible fragrances to choose from, which are all handcrafted by fragrance experts at Notes Home Base in South Carolina. I am obsessed with their vanilla and pepperwood scent. It's cozy and warm and perfect for a movie night with your friends. But they also have other amazing fragrances like citrus and fresh basil, pistachio and rose water, and bamboo and water lily. I cannot wait to try one for every new season. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to Notes. Make the switch and build a starter kit. Right now, Notes is giving listeners 15% off and free shipping when you buy a Notes starter kit using code GIRLSNIGHT at notescandle.com slash girlsnight. Just use code GIRLSNIGHT when placing your order. That's code GIRLSNIGHT at notescandle.com slash girlsnight. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Does anyone else feel like they could use more time in the day? There are things you want to accomplish, places you want to go, people you want to connect with, but it feels like you're always falling behind. Something I'm learning recently, well, always, is that none of us can do it all. We all have to figure out what's most important to us, but doing that alone can feel scary and overwhelming. Well, friends, this is one reason why I've come to love therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. You're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. You frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. You really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing I don't have to. I am at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing, that is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, that's easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the therapist you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're looking to sort through your priorities this year, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. 
Learn to make time for what's most important with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash friendship. There's a difference between being like a realist and being cruel. Yeah. And I think that that's like the the line I didn't say. Like there's there's a world where we can be... Well, and, and also, um, I think that there was also a long time where I thought that the way to motivate myself was through fear or anger or judgment or like cruelty, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, there wasn't... The voice in my head wasn't saying like, hey, you know this morning, let's get up and let's go for a walk because that is what your body needs. And that's, you know, the a kind way to treat yourself or whatever. I like, I would get up and say things that I would never say to a human, to myself, to get myself up and moving. And like, that's just sort of a random example, but that's like, mm-hmm. you know, a pretty long stretch of, of my life for a while there. And it's, that's not how I'm motivated. Like that doesn't motivate me to get up. That motivates me to crawl in a hole and never ever want to come out. It's mm-hmm. if someone spoke to us that way, I just it's really hard to perform in any area of life when someone is whispering in your ear how much you suck. Yeah. Shame doesn't motivate us to change. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, um, I, I want to just walk into this a little bit more. We kind of just touched on it, but specifically in dating, you said you knew that something needed to change because you were attracting guys who were like this and you wanted to attract guys who were like this. How, like, I think we know in theory that it matters how we see ourselves and what we believe that we deserve. But like, how does that actually play out in real life? to affect our dating life? Yeah, so I think it it might look different for everybody. But for me, I had to believe that like, I was that girl. Like, I am the it girl. I am um, beautiful. I have what it takes. I know myself. I have confidence. And I was really attracting like a ton of like super, super insecure guys. And, um, you know, we all have our, our places of insecurity. But I just mean, I just their whole existence. Like they were just so insecure about themselves and they just were not exuding confidence or if it was confidence, it's like a false sense of confidence, which created a lot of conflict um, in our relationship um, because I was still doing a lot of great things and I was really successful in my career and that was intimidating for guys. I was also told that I was intimidating quite a bit. Um, And that really like threw me for a loop. So some of the things that I did, number one, I I went to counseling because uh, after a while, after hearing like you're intimidating, you're intimidating, it was really like playing with my head because I would hear from guys that I had dated or I would hear it from at the time, like coworkers or people. And I just felt like people were constantly like, putting me in some box I just did not want to be put in or was like, how did I get put in these these boxes? And I just prefer not to be in them. And so I went to counseling and started to just work on healing my own personal um, inner trauma and um, just things in my life. And I started there because that's just an important aspect. And I've been in counseling since I was 25. Um with my counselor. And so that's something I've kept up over the years. And the other thing I would say for me that I did and decided to change about myself was I just 
I took myself out on dates. I took myself out to dinner. I took myself out to the movies. And um, I just created experiences for myself that I enjoyed. I wanted to get to know myself. What do I like? What do I not like? What do I enjoy? I started trying to do those things and cooking and hosting parties at my house, just doing things that I liked and figuring that out for myself. Because when I was really, you know, insecure about myself and trying to fit into, you know, what these guys wanted me to be like, I I was still compromising aspects of, you know, myself. I whether it was trying to change the way I dressed or, you know, trying to like you know, please them by what they wanted by, you know, whether it was agreeing with their statements, if I didn't agree with it or trying to, you know, um, dim myself down a little bit so they wouldn't feel like I was shining too much. All of these things. And it just wasn't healthy. And I had to say to myself, like, am I willing and okay with being alone if I don't meet somebody that I feel like I can be my full self with. If I don't meet somebody that I can't be successful and happy and um, and just the leader that I know I am. If that doesn't happen for me, then can I be okay with being alone? And after a while, I became more and more okay with it. And it's because I became more okay with myself. It didn't mean that I still didn't have the desire or that the desire went away. The desire for companionship never went away. I just started to learn more about myself that made me okay with being by myself, if that makes any sense. And so um, I just feel like it's really important to get to know who you are and who you are alone. Because once you do get married, your life changes and your life is not just your life anymore. (laughs) It's your life and this person's life. And so I used to try to, I did my best and I think I did well to soak up the advice other married people gave me, which was live your life. Um, do the things that you desire to do. I traveled, you know, I went to 19 countries. I lived my life, you know, it wasn't like um, people would say, well, what about when you get with somebody? I was like, I'll go back. Okay, I will go back. <laughs> I don't have to stop. I don't have to like not go because I don't have this person or I'm waiting for these plans. You know, I just kept going. I did things that made me happy. And that's what I would say to people. Like if you're unsure, if you're feeling like, you know, you're at this place where you're not in a relationship, you want to be, you're trying to know yourself, you don't know who who you deserve or what you deserve. Like treat yourself the way you'd like to be treated. And then when you start to get to know some people, you think, man, like how would I have liked to be treated? What kind of things do I enjoy doing? Did that person like really like meet those needs for me? Did they show those characteristics? Um, And then just, you know, take things from there. But I feel like, the more we get to know ourselves, the more we understand what we're willing to accept or not. It's like, you don't have to wait to be in a good relationship until you're in a, in a good relationship. Exactly. Like, and I think that that's one thing that's been like totally revolutionary for me over the years is realizing that my relationship with myself is a relationship. Like it totally is. We, it's, it's hard to, you said this earlier, but it's like hard to disassociate our body from ourselves. And like, this is even just getting kind of, like, you know, mind bending to even talk about it. But we talk to ourselves, we interact with ourselves, we have to take care of ourselves, we treat ourselves a certain way, we like, ignore our own needs, or we tend to our own needs, like it is a relationship. Um, And so thinking about it that way, and upping our own standards and, and showing ourselves respect and love and care, 
just in our relationship with ourselves, like there's so many, um, there's so many needs that we actually can meet ourselves. And like some of those needs, a lot of those needs will still need to be met once we're married. Like our our spouse, our partner isn't, may not be as good at planning dates as we are, you know? Yeah. And like, um, I feel like I always want to plan my birthday. Like, because I just, I'm like, I know exactly how I want things. And so I'll like maybe tell Carl or I'll just do it. And, and like, there's no one better to plan the perfect day for me than me. Yeah. And there's not like, there's something really beautiful about that. How did you notice your, like, well, okay. I want to, I want to back up because I said that there was something during your talk where I just was like so mad and so frustrated. And it was when you were talking about some of the things that you put up with from guys that you were dating. And you gave just a couple examples that like, I immediately thought of examples in my own life. And I know that other people will too. And they sound more ludicrous when they come from someone else. But like, they're, <laughs> but you're, you're like, what? That's so like, no way. And then you're like, mm, I do, I've done that too. And it just, I think it's just an important conversation to have. So um, do you remember the examples I think I remember some of them. Like one was um, one guy just did not like how I dressed at all. And he made sure to tell me um, that he didn't like my style. He thought it was too childish. Another guy was um, while we were dating, there was this other girl he used to have like a crush on and um, or maybe they dated or something like that. I think they dated, but they broke up. It just didn't work out. And um, then him and I got together and he, the whole time though, while we were dating was telling me about how he was torn between me and her. And he didn't know if he wanted to be with me or wanted to be with her. And that relationship really, I put my self-esteem in the toilet because I was like, um, okay, like I, I, I don't know what to say to this. So, um, you know, there was him, there's, you know, another guy who just, you know, didn't have any money and, um, I felt like I was always paying for everything for us. And, you know, I was fine being generous, but at the same time, after a while, I was like, eh, I feel like I'm being used. And so, um, you know, it, it's, there were so many instances <laughs> where I was entertaining these guys who really did not have my best interest in mind. And it's what makes me feel good though, um, at this state in my life is that I, even though I didn't have everything together, I knew what direction I wanted to go in in my life. And I would always talk to these guys. I remember it like, I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to write books. I'm going to do this and do that. And they're like, oh yeah, you know, that's nice. We could see you doing that one day or whatever. And um, being here today and, you know, having published two books and, um, looking back on who I was then and the, you know, dudes I was entertaining, I'm just so glad that I didn't end up with them because um, they probably would have hindered my growth and progress. And I truly did become what I always said I would be, become the woman that I knew, you know, I was. And even though I might need, have needed to give myself pep talks and encourage myself and, you know, talk to myself to say good, you know, say good things about yourself, say good things about your body. You know, I 
I ended up doing the things that I really wanted to with my life and continue to do so. And you have to be with the right person that also has a vision for you and sees where you're headed and says, that's amazing. I want to get behind that and I want to encourage you. Otherwise, like these guys, um, they were always in competition with me or feeling like they weren't good enough or whatever the case might have been. And it was so unhealthy for me because I couldn't fully be myself and I couldn't fully thrive. Um, And letting them go while painful was one of the best decisions I could have made because who knows if I was with them still, I might not have written the books that I wanted to write or do the things that I really wanted to do because I was so concerned about um, not standing out too much and, um, you know, not making them look bad or feel bad. So you definitely have to trust your gut. Yes. Yes. It's, it really is. Um, and gosh, I can like remember being there so clearly relationships where I put up with things that were not what I deserved, but I, but I was putting up with him because I really, really liked this person and I really, really wanted it to work out. And like, I think I've shared this on the show before, but there was a guy that I dated. Um, and we, the way that we met, we were spending 10 weeks together in like a ministry setting. Um, and so we were like our best selves for those 10 weeks. Like, I mean, it just was, it was the perfect situation for us to get to show, like to get to pull out and be the very best, purest, most amazing parts of ourselves, to share them with each other, to like do really cool things together. And so like, I really, I, I had no cards left. Like I had like laid them out. They looked good. And he told me one time that he was 90% sure he liked me, but like not a hundred. And I remember going like, first of all, being devastated by that. And my first thought was like, okay, how do I earn that leftover 10? But then realizing like, I have shown a hundred percent of what I have to give here. Like I do not have any super fancy tricks that I have not pulled out. Like they're all out here. And I'm like, but I didn't walk away. I didn't be like, okay, well, so if you don't think you like me 100%, like that's actually a deal breaker for me. So I'm going to end this or I'm going to walk away now. Mm -hmm. And there were so many things where I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just like stay here and try to earn that last 10. And I completely agree with you. Like some of the relationships that I look back on where I'm like, oh, this could have, at the time I was like, this could work out. This would have been so good. Like, why isn't this working out? I'm like, it wasn't necessarily a personality thing. It wasn't a, our faith didn't line up. It was a, there were so many situations where it's like, I wouldn't have been able to do the things that I know that I'm meant to do in the world if I had been with this person Mm -hmm. because they didn't want to walk down this road or they didn't believe that I could, or they didn't believe that I should, or because they wanted to walk down it and there wouldn't have been like they wouldn't have been okay with there being room for both of us or you know different things like that and so when i met my husband he wasn't just like he didn't like me despite the things i was doing in the world he liked me because of them especially initially like that's not the thing that had him shrinking away from me it's the thing that drew him like drew him in um and then also he hasn't just like put up with my dreams he's been like behind them helping them you know, behind the scenes, hooking up Mm -hmm. wires to make sure it all helps, you know, just doing everything he can to help me. And I think that we, at some point along the way, or maybe at many points along the way, we kind of have to choose. Like we have to choose between, do I want to be my full self or do I want to be with this person? And I love how you're saying like the way that you were treating yourself, the way that you were loving yourself, you knew you wanted to pick you. 
You wanted to be your full self. And it wasn't worth it to be with this person to like, to, to keep him but lose you. Right, exactly. Do you, something that you, I'm trying to decide if I want to, tell us how you met your husband. Yeah, so um, that's a really fun story and very unconventional, I will say. Um, but we met because my friend was doing a matchmaking service. And I actually kind of thought she was joking, to be honest. But <laughs> I love watching dating shows like Indian Matchmaking, Love is Blind. If there's a dating show, I've probably watched it. And mm-hmm. so I was like, you know what? This might be fun. And so um, I messaged her and I just said, you know, I'm really interested in whatever you're, you know, doing. And she said, awesome, I'm going to send you an application. And I was like, oh, wow, like she's really serious. She's sending me, she's sending me an application. So I... I was like, I have a friend, here's this picture. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, yeah. I had no idea what she was doing. I just thought she was just going to, you know, like, here's this friend, you know, y'all meet up. Kind of like mm-hmm. a blind date type thing. And... um But anyways, I ended up filling out this three-page application and she asked for references and I was like, oh, wow, she's really serious. Okay, okay. So I gave her references and then she set up a meeting with me because she was like, I want to talk through all of your preferences and just, you know, get to know more about what you're looking for and see if I have somebody that kind of meets that criteria. So I talked to her some more and um, then she said, okay, like, I think I have a person in mind for you, but give me some time. Let me look over your profile on his and then I'll get back to you. So um, she asked me if I liked nerdy guys and I said, yeah, you know, I do. I have a soft spot for nerdy guys. So we ended up, um, she connects us via email, but only with our initials. She didn't tell us each other's name because she knew that we would go try to like internet stalk each other and she felt like that could ruin it because you know who a person is like is not always like who they are online and so it's really important to get to know that person for who they are so all that being said I had no idea what he looked like and I had no opportunity to look him up before meeting him on zoom I said I was open to a long distance relationship (laughs) so this person was long distance so zoom was where we met um so yeah, so we met via uh, Zoom and we talked and she kind of just introduced us to each other and told us why she matched us together and some of our hobbies and stuff. And then she said at the end of the conversation, Marcel and Faith, I'm going to give you all each other's numbers. And um, Marcel, you need to call Faith and um, let her know if you you know want to continue talking, but she's not going to reach out to you first. So after that conversation, he reached out to me like 15 minutes later and we <laughs> talked on the phone and... Um, really played it cool and made you sweat. Oh, yep. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we talked for like a few hours, I think. I can't remember, but um, it went really well. And obviously, you know, we've been talking ever since because we got married, but um, it was cool. I mean, I don't think either of us ever expected to meet the person that um, we would marry via a matchmaker, but it's what happened. And so um, it was just really amazing. And I loved it because I've been doing online dating and I was like, you know what, at this point, I might need to try something unconventional. So it worked out really well. And um, yeah, we're really happy that it happened for us. I feel like... um... I know that this happened at the conference. Everyone was like, what's the name of your matchmaker? So you definitely don't have to give it, but maybe like talk through um, 
Because I know she has like a process or like for for women who are maybe wanting to explore this venue, Mm -hmm. what what can they do? So my particular matchmaker, um, she's like, um, she's like closed for now. I mentioned mentioned her at the conference and like her email literally blew up and I was like, oh my gosh, I meant to tell you. Um, And so... (laughs) She's like, what happened? You're like, I gave your email from stage. And so, um, so yeah, so she's like on pause for now. But um, I don't know a whole lot about other matchmaking services, but I know that there are some. And so um, I would say, you know, never count out something unconventional um, to meet your person. I also tell people to network. You should be networking and encouraging your friends to network with you and for you. So if you have a friend that's, you know, married and, you know, ask their, hey, do you have a friend that knows a friend that knows a friend? You never know. Like, um, these days, like how you can meet somebody. I always encourage my friends who would just be like, oh my gosh, like you're such an amazing person. And like, I want to see you with somebody. I'm praying for you. And I would say, you know what? Thank you so much for praying. But Faith Without Works is dead. So please um, <laughs> get out there and start networking for me. And I would greatly appreciate it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, because after a while, you know, the older you get, the more people will still tell you you're young, you know, all throughout my 20s. You're still young. It's fine. It's no big deal. I get into my 30s. You're still young. It's fine. It's no big deal. That does not help people because the older you get, the more you change, especially if you're a woman and you want to have kids, the more your body changes and all these things. So those little antidotes are actually not encouraging at all. So I would just say that having people, you can say, hey, listen, thank you so much for your encouragement. Do you know anyone? And if you don't know anybody, like, are there matchmaking services that you know of or would recommend or that you can look up, you know, yourself to get um, information on and try? It just never hurts to get outside of your comfort zone. The other thing that I would say is you obviously want to be with somebody that you're attracted to, but oftentimes, like, we have these, like, unrealistic standards that I think hinder us from, like, being with like a good person. And some of it's just like vanity. So for example, my husband is not tall. He's short. And I almost didn't even want to be with him because I was like, he's short. Like, I don't even know if I can even do that. Like, and um, me and him went back and (laughs) forth about it. And I never told this to him. I never said to him these feelings because I kept them to myself um, and or to like a family member when I was saying like, I don't know, you know. And the one thing that really got me was my older brother who can always just get me. He said, Faith, if you're saying that this man has everything that you want in a person and the only thing is that he's short, then you just want to be single and you need to accept that and just be single. (laughs) And I was like, and I just could not believe that he said that to me, but he was exactly right. Because if I was literally like right in front of the person that I felt like just clicked with me. It was my person. And the only reason why I didn't want to be with them was because of, you know, like a vanity kind of thing. Then that was a problem within me. And he was 100% right. And so um, I have learned from my own mistakes and, um, and how I like was thinking and, you know, even had to talk it through like way later with my husband. But 
Um, I'm just so glad I didn't let that hinder me from being with like my person. And I just think it's really easy these days with social media and all these other things to compare. And I want this or I want that. And it's just like, more than just the physical things, of course, be attracted to that person. But more than that, like, it's their character. It's who they are. It's how they show up in the world. These are things that matter more than anything. And once you get married, man, oh man, you're going to see that um, because you're up close and personal with somebody. (laughs) And so all those things that really matter, um, you want to make sure you have that in a person. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to, um, I was with a group of girls last week and one of the girls was talking about how she really likes this guy. And she was like, but he's way shorter or he's like, he's not way shorter than her. She said, he's not taller than me. So I think maybe they're like the same height or something. And like, I get that. Like I'm five, nine. I like, I've had the conversation too. Um, but, uh, and she's like, yeah, he like, isn't my type. And he's, you know, not taller than me. And my friend was sitting next to me and she goes, girl, who cares? She's like, in a couple of years, we're all going to be prunes anyway. Like, (laughs) she's like, she's like, or maybe she said shriveled grapes. Yeah. Like either one. She's like, it, like either way, we're going to be shriveled grapes in a couple of years anyway. So she's like, that's not the stuff that matters. And I just was sitting there thinking like, that is so true. Like it really is so true. We're picking, we're picking a lot of times or not picking someone based off of something that will not last for that long. And it really doesn't matter. And like, I mean, we've all met the person where we're like, oh my gosh, like this person is so beautiful. And then we meet them in person and they start talking and we're like, this is not a match. Like this is not, I am not attracted to you. Like I need to get some space. I'm not attracted to you. Or someone where we're like, I wouldn't have noticed you originally, but we're in this situation where I'm getting to see you in action. I'm getting to see your character. And like, I am into this. And so I think that those are, you know, whenever I talk to anybody about online dating, I'm like, get off the app as fast as possible. Like meet the person, like connect, go on a date. Yeah. And then give it a shot because you just can't. That's just something you can't tell from, from a picture. Exactly. You just can't. Or from a first meeting. I completely agree with you. Um, I want to hear you read something from your book at the conference that I just loved so much. And so um, I'm totally like asking you to do an impromptu awkward author reading right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it just was so encouraging. And so like, I just felt like my heart got like a hug as you were reading it. So I, I just wanted to share with everybody. A letter to my sister who is longing to be loved. Sis, I know how it feels when the world seems to revolve around women deemed beautiful. When your skin is too dark, your hair too kinky, your curves too curvy, or your body too skinny. You feel like you don't fit. You don't get asked out as often as other girls. Many nights, you feel lonely and can only begin to imagine what it would feel like for a significant other to truly love you unconditionally. Or maybe you can't relate to that. You are what the world defines as beautiful, but you still feel ugly. You don't see what everyone else sees. You obsess over your body and maintaining your image. You get asked out on dates all the time, but have started to see that most aren't interested in who you are as a person. They just want to be seen with you by their side. 
your friends say, you always get the guy, or you're so beautiful. I never get the same attention as you. Or what is it like to pull whoever you want? How can you complain about getting mindless attention? You don't have an outlet to express your insecurities because you have what everyone says they want. You dare not be insecure, let alone complain. Or maybe you're the girl who has found herself once again hanging up a bridesmaid's dress and wondering when her turn to be the bride will come or if it will come at all. Maybe you're wondering if something is wrong with you. The words, am I unlovable? Are silently whispered in your soul. So quiet, no one else can hear them. You're tired of all the cliches about love coming to you when you least expect it. Some people will leave you feeling like you're an old woman if you're single at 30. Don't let people's timelines and poor theology spoil your fun. Enjoy your life. Resist the peer pressure to follow the same old path. Carve your own path and write your own story. I know how you feel. Your thoughts ebb and flow with positivity and negativity about singleness. On one hand, you're proud of the life you're building as an independent, single Black woman. And at the same time, you wish for a life you can build and share with a partner. Tired of being strong and fierce, you long for a space to be soft and tender. Freely acknowledging your longing to be seen and loved and known intimately. Your heart has room for those feelings to coexist. You aren't crazy for wanting to be loved and spoiled by a partner who adores you. You deserve the best, sis. I can't promise that serendipitous love will find you or that you'll have a love story unfold like love and basketball, love Jones or brown sugar. But if your past is haunting you and making you feel like you'll never find your person, I encourage you to open your hands, open your heart, open your eyes, and open your mind to the goodness you want to receive. Fear will hold you hostage and cause you to close your heart to love. You have the ability to cultivate a good life where the shame of your past doesn't grip your soul. Let yourself experience love and loss. A time of loving and letting yourself be loved is never wasted. Faith. <laughs> I love it so much. Faith, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for your story. Thank you so much for your wisdom. Thank you so much for your words. I feel like um, we're all just going to be rewinding that and listening to it all over again. Um, and you guys, we're going to have links to everything faith-related on um, the, on our show notes. We'll have links to her books, um, to her social media, just so that you can follow her and so you can be friends. Um, but friend, thanks so much for coming to Girls Night. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You guys, isn't Faith amazing? Seriously, she's our new best friend, right? I just love her and I love her story. And there were so many times where I was just bowled over by God's truth and His love as she talked. Game changing, right? Don't forget that if you ever want to find any of the links for anything we talk about in our Girls' Night episodes, you can always find those over in our show notes. Just head over to girlsnightpodcast.com and you'll find links for everything, including links for Faith, so you can pick up her book, listen to her podcast, and follow along with all the great stuff she's doing. All right, friends, that's it for today's episode, but we have so much good stuff ahead this season. And with that in mind, now's the perfect time to make sure you're subscribed. 
Subscribing to the show is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It won't send you an email or anything. It just makes sure that your phone downloads the latest episode when the new one's released. And I did want to take a quick second to ask you a favor. If you enjoyed this episode or if you've been a Girls' Night fan for a while now, would you take just two quick seconds to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? Those reviews help out our podcast so much and it really would mean the world to me. So if you would take two quick seconds to do that, I'd be so grateful. Friends, thanks so much for joining me for Girls' Night. I'll see you next week.